0: Welcome to Essential, our podcast dedicated to communication at work in the 21st century. I'm Stacey Epstein, CEO of Zinc, and we host guests from a variety of places, including academics, analysts, writers, and technology leaders. On that note today, we welcome Layla Seca, who is, is Executive Vice President of the App Exchange at Salesforce. Layla oversees one of the largest partner networks in the world, and certainly one of the biggest in the tech industry. I have known Layla personally for a number of years back in our app exchange days at ServiceMax, and I have certainly admired her and her work and the success she's had throughout her career. So instead of me singing your praises Layla, why don't you tell your, our audience a little bit about yourself, your background, and how you ended up where you are today at the fastest growing software company in the world.
1: Thanks, Stacey. Um, Yeah. Okay. So my name's Layla. I grew up in Berkeley. So just across the bay. And my parents are from Austria and Turkey. So I'm first generation. Um, And I went to Davis, you know, I'm a very California sort of kid. I went to the Peace Corps for a little while and got a bit of perspective. And then how I ended up at the fastest growing software company in the world is I was really lucky and in the right place at the right time. Um, there are a lot of really smart people in the world and I just happened to be right where I needed to be and working on the App Exchange. And, you know, coming up in February, it'll be 10 years I've been at Salesforce. Um, and growing this ecosystem and working on this marketplace and seeing it extend out and really shift the definition of enterprise software uh, across the globe. So it's a pretty amazing perch to get to sit on and help people innovate from.
0: Well, that's great. And I, I think you don't give yourself enough credit by saying, you might have been in the right place at the right time to, to, to start there, but it, certainly all the success you've had, and I've personally, personally witnessed the growth of AppExchange over the years, and that's all a credit to you. So let's get a little bit into your views on leadership. And um, and as you know, our podcast is about communication at work. So let's dive right into the topic of communication. Certainly something we do as leaders every day. Uh, we all use different strategies and tactics depending on the topic or the information we need to convey. What do you believe is really the essential part and also the hardest part about communicating to your internal teams? We'll start with internal.
1: Yeah, I think it's transparency, probably, right? I mean, we all strive for that. And then you sort of want to protect the information too, so that people don't get unnecessarily flipped out. Because in this day and age, in this world, you know, technology changes on a dime. If you think that 10 years ago, the first iPhone was really coming online and now like what we do with telephones and how we depend on them, I mean, things shift so quickly. So I think there's something that you have to make sure people understand where you're going and the direction but also not every squiggle in the line, right? Because some of that is just distracting. So how to be a transparent and authentic leader, but also one that protects their team and keeps them focused on the task at hand. I think that really is the challenge of leadership in this age and with technology shifting and and, and business shifting. And sort of what with the impact of businesses is, is really shifting as well, which is something Mark Benioff, our CEO, has really helped spearhead and, and, and push forward the notion of the stakeholder, not just the shareholder. So, all of those notions, when you think about communication and leadership, you really have to be authentic. And I think to employees, and specifically, you have to be a bit more authentic. You know, you're authentic to your customers, of course, and your partners, and everyone. But to the people that see you day in day out. You really need to let them know that you have weaknesses and you have issues and you have ailing parents and struggling kids and all the stuff that everyone else has so that they have a you know good idea of what the world looks like and how you cope with all of that, not just the job. It's life and a job. And in this day and age, they're so incorporated, it's hard to pull them apart and say one is one and one is the other.
0: Yeah, I totally agree and, and certainly from my experience with you, you're a, a very direct and transparent person. How how do you ensure that your information and, and the things that you need to communicate are making their way all the way down to the ranks? because uh, I know you have a large organization and I think you've probably even managed larger organizations. So, you know, it's one thing to be able to sit down with your direct reports and, and be transparent and, and tell them what's really going on. But how do you make sure that those messages are consistently making their way down to the people that you just don't have the opportunity to do that with?
1: Totally. I mean, I think also at, at our scale now, with the number of people we have and the number of remote employees we have inside of Salesforce, that becomes a challenge. I think about daily. So, of course, my direct reports and I are, and we're always together. You know, I'm very much of a team oriented leader. I don't lead alone. I don't really know how to do that. So, um, and when it comes to the rest of the org, we talk about it. You know, we have a lot of dialogue around do people feel connected? Do they feel disconnected? We survey our employee base probably at nauseum. Mm-hmm specific, and, and I encourage them to fill out the surveys. We have a monthly meeting, we have a weekly meeting with our sales teams, we, we encourage, and I know meetings are often frowned upon and we're fine with people you know coming in via their computers and whatnot, but the idea being that we can't over-communicate at this stage. So even if they've heard a lot of it, there might be one new piece of information that helps them do their job better. And as leaders, we want to empower as many people as we can with that. Now there's some stuff we can't talk about, of course. you know giant publicly traded companies. so that's where that's where the elegance and leadership comes in and really easing the team letting them know you know I, I often say to myself everything's been okay up to now why am i so worried about the next decision and and really helping to enforce that with employees especially younger ones that are sort of newer to this the pace of change at this point i've been doing this for 20 years i'm used to everything changing all the time mm-hmm. if it's not changing i would be like what's wrong what's mm-hmm. going wrong but um but for younger people, I think that is a little jarring. You know, you have high school and then you have college and then you get your first job and then all of a sudden everyone starts moving your cheese around. So it, it, it lets to let them see that how that affects you as you age as a leader and as you sort of mature as a leader and also to let them know that it's okay to have those feelings and sort of work through them and get to the other side. It's normal.
0: Yeah. It's, it's interesting having been close to Salesforce for many years but never actually worked there and seeing all the just consistently best places to work, and, and not just best places to work in the Bay Area or in tech, but literally consistently among the best places to work across all industries. And we certainly work with a lot of companies that prioritize, as you call it, connectedness and making sure people know what, what's going on, where their jo- where their job is making an impact. Um, but I also am so surprised when I come across big, huge global organizations that just haven't figured that out yet. They, they may think communication and connectedness, and you know it sounds great, but God, that's kind of HR-ish. and I'm more focused on workflow and processes. and you know I, 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 the last time I sent a survey to my employee base was 10 years ago um it, it, it's just surprising that something as seemingly simple as try to understand the work, the pulse of your workforce and try to put in practices that engage and connect them it seems so simple and it's always shocking to me how few companies actually have figured out the impact that that can make on their business absolutely and i mean
1: i think that's where we've had a very lucky position at salesforce because our technology actually enables that within organizations right I mean you think about the impact of chatter or communities or you know an integrated experience in lightning all of this really enables better communication within a company and outside of a company with partners and customers and all of that the foundation of what we've been doing is really this idea that you need to connect to people you know that there's someone there's a human on the other end of every interaction and I think that as a mantra for our product lines and into our customer base and into our partner ecosystem has also resonated back into our employees right so we, we leverage all the technology we have quip for example i am in there constantly working with other people on documents and people that are all over the world not just in san francisco so i do think that companies and, and i talked to a lot of big companies that are, are posing just the problem you suggest that how do we do a better job, and 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 what sort of a precedent do we set? Sort of, what's the cadence? How do you communicate? What do you communicate? And the world has changed, right? So if, if you think about the stakeholder theory, that's a different communication style than the traditional CEO communication style of late of, of you know of past. So I, I think these questions are are wonderful, and the exciting part of the job we all get to sit in is we as technologists get to look back at these problems and think about how we can build things that help solve them for people. And yeah. and in doing that, more and more, you see that. Like, I've talked to so many Salesforce employees at Salesforce customers that have told me, you know, through Salesforce, I've connected with people, I've changed my job, I learned something on Trailhead, I became this, I became that. But really... I've always said this, that this most interesting part of Salesforce is all the people that surround us. Our employees, of course, and we emphasize that, but even more so the community around us that doesn't work for us, like you. All these people that have been there as we've grown and helped us understand from an outside perspective what we're doing well and what we're not doing well and helped us guide the ship. I, I feel... Very committed to that community of people, they've absolutely shaped everything we've done on the App Exchange. For example, I, I look to those people that sort of yell at me when they don't like something, and they certainly do. So I, I think we have interesting perspectives on leadership that technology can really help us from the communication perspective. On
0: yeah, and and let's go there a minute. How many partners are on App Exchange today?
1: We don't really count it. Oh, like you that. don't. You lost count. We have a lot. <laughs> up there. The thing about app exchange is it's not an app exchange just anymore. I mean, the name is wonderful and we'll never lose it, but the idea is it extends well past just apps. You know, we have components and data sets and We have a whole host of new things that are coming that are even more exciting and sort of get me all giddy and fired up that are really going to shift to that communication conversation we were just having, the way people think about communication with their companies and their employees and their executives. And I see a lot of really exciting stuff on the horizon with Einstein and intelligence moving more aggressively into partner products and across our customers' sort of solution sets. So, you know, there, there's a lot of really exciting stuff coming on that. The App Exchange is thriving, it's one of those things I can't believe believe. how lucky I am that I get to continue to be a part of this, but it's this sort of wonderful place where people innovate and exchange ideas and build amazing things and help our customers. And also to the point I was making earlier, tell us when we're not doing it right. You know, I, I, I by no means have all the answers and it's very helpful to me to have such a trusted giant set of people that are constantly there to give me advice.
0: Yeah. I, um, again, you and I both know how I've had so much Really direct experience with App Exchange, mostly in my days at ServiceMax, where we we were one of the first big Force.com built applications. Communication to partners is a little bit of a different animal, and you talked about it a little bit. It's 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 clearly very different from internal communication to employees, and also clearly very different. Then you know marketing to or communicating with customers. You've got to convey some key messages. You've got to you kind of have to open the kimono a little bit with partners. You also really need to listen to them, and and take their feedback as you just described. So how how do you do that? How do you tackle getting important information to and from disparate and ent- entities like like your partners on App Exchange?
1: our cfo has this great saying better better never done um i think we have lots to do here i think we we have lots we can do better here and i continue to think about ways to do it we do have a partner community which we spend a lot of time and energy on i think trailhead community also is a great place where partners and developers and everyone really comes together and our emphasis is moving more towards centralizing everyone in that area so that everyone's talking together because the, the thing i found is there's lots i need to hear from partners but there's lots customers want to hear from partners and you know there's lots of different conversations we're enabling on our community sites and with trailhead so really thinking about how all of that Comes together, but specifically to partners, um, you know, I, I think we've shifted, you know, over the last decade that I've been on the Op Exchange, how we've done partnership and how we've thought about partnership shifts. And that's natural as you're growing, right? I mean, how, how couldn't it? So I think we're always maturing in that and, and often trying to think about what the next best thing is. I think right now we're seeing great, you know, ServiceMax, to your mention, a wonderful partner that we still cherish and are very pleased with GE and everything that's going on there. But also just looking to how we can bring more innovation to our customers, right? And we do tons of innovating at Salesforce, as you know. We're wicked proud of that. But there's all different types of ways to do things. And all of our customers have slightly different things that they're looking for. So really thinking about partners that can extend it. We've seen some wonderful things with industry partners in the last couple of years and really Thinking about specific places where needs are very similar but slightly different, and how they can maximize and make that happen beautifully. Like Velocity has done a great job of that. So, you know, we're really looking to how our partnerships will help our customers the next ten years. That's what I think about now, Stacey. Like, what's the next decade of partnership? How do my how do our customers need to think about partners and want to think about partners? And we'll rely on partners in the next 10 years of technology shift. And how can the App exchange help to make that happen quickly?
0: Looking forward to it and looking forward to being a part of it. Yeah, of course. So um, you ran desk.com at, self, at Salesforce for several years, where I also interacted you uh, with you as a former desk.com um, customer. But that part of the business is, is mostly focused on SMB so let's talk about customer expectations and how are they different for small organizations compared to the larger enterprises
1: yeah and i mean i think that actually falls in line with what we were saying what i was saying about Salesforce's growth too right we've always served all markets i think that's one of our the most wonderful things like the democratization of software back in the day was sort of how we talked about it but um it, the perspectives are very different smb's are going fast they're failing fast right if they're doing it right they're failing fast in my opinion enterprises are not doing that they're talk they're talking about much bigger topics like what you and i were just discussing how do you communicate with you know hundreds of thousands of people in a way that's compelling and not it keeps you on an airplane for your entire life and exhausts you to the point of nothingness you know so like there are different questions being posed at different stages of corporate growth I think we're in a lucky position because we serve all of that so we get to sort of learn from the ones that are failing fast and the ones that are succeeding fast and then also help the big ones think about what we're seeing there and us as well right it's, it's all learning if you really think about this if you approach technology at least the way I have it, I, I really think that it's all about learning from each other and how we can make it do make it better Right. And I think that's the interesting component I've had on the app exchange. SMB customers, we they love it. I think we learn tons from SMB customers as much as we learn from enterprise ones. They're all and all the lessons are different and all of those lessons together help us build the software in a more compelling way. And I think that's really the, the thing we take away from being able to play in all of those markets.
0: Yeah, I I I agree. I think People often think of, okay, I'm going to crack the code on SMB and then I'm going to grow into an enterprise company over time, which has its challenges. Certainly my experience, both at SuccessFactors and ServiceMax, our early success was with enterprise. And you sort of figure, oh, well, if big companies will use it, it's a no-brainer for little companies. But then when you try to go downstream to SMB, you uncover... It's got to be easy. It's got to be quick to implement. You you know you can't have the half the IT team focused on managing it for a long period of time. And I agree, it really forces you to do things that then, at the end of the day, benefit enterprise, right? It's great for enterprise when it's faster to implement and easier to use. So having that opportunity to apply lessons from both segments of the market, I think, is what makes a really compelling and valuable SaaS company. Yeah, and I think that's why we keep winning
1: all those awards you mentioned earlier, right? Is we get so, we really listen. And that comes from the top, you know, that we, this is a company of listeners. We like to talk a lot too, but we do shut up and listen quite a bit. And, and when we do that, that's when we learn the most. And I think that's, that's really been the lesson for Mark for the last decade and continues to be that. Like whenever there's a question, he's like, go talk to customers, go talk to partners. <laughs> And it's true. And when we do that, we all figure out the answers much more quickly. So I feel blessed that that's sort of how I've grown up and been encouraged to learn.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm with you. It comes back to the very core of what this podcast, you know, our podcast is called Essential. And by essential, we're referring to communication and talking and listening equals communication. And again, I I think the most successful... Both in employee satisfaction, customer satisfaction, revenue, however you want to measure it, the most successful companies are the ones that are talking and listening, and that is communication. And um, you mentioned a lot of the Salesforce technology that enables that type of communication. I mean, zinc, that's what we exist to do, right? Which is help make it easy for the talking and the listening across all sides of the business in order to to realize those benefits. So um, we try to emulate what Salesforce has done as we run our smaller companies. Right. But
1: because you're smaller, you'll have all types of different abilities to do interesting things and sort of Experiment. I mean, you you mentioned desk. I loved desk. It was so much fun. And one of the most fun parts was how much we got to experiment and and, and really, you know, think about different ways to reach the audience and can connect with them and communicate with them. And I learned so much in that process. So, you know, you, you guys are in a similar vein. And your CMO, Deirdre Mahong, is a good friend of mine she's brilliant so i know you guys are working on all that stuff so it definitely you know i think i think we're very much in similar spots and and and, you know anyone that's successful in technology is listening yep watch you know and if you watch engineers man they listen a lot
0: Uh, totally well the good ones do right right right
1: (laughs) when they talk too much you should
0: worry yeah i think that i think that's a that's a quote we should use anyone anyone that's successful in technology is listening it is it's true. It not, is. How can you do? I mean,
1: I, I you know when I took over desk, the first thing I did was I did a one on one with everyone that worked there, and everyone was like, "You're bananas!" It's like 120 people yeah. just took over this business, and my answer back was, "How can I lead a group of people? I don't know. I don't know. You know I, I have no idea how I would do that, or what they're concerned about, or what they're thinking about. And it did take. Well, my! I know I didn't see my kids or husband for like a month. But right. it, did that. But, um, but I, it really prepared me for the job and got me set up to know sort of where there were issues and where there weren't and what type of talent I needed and how I needed to talk to the company and how I needed to figure it all out. It was, it was really awesome.
0: Yeah. I can imagine. I did the same thing, not quite as many employees, but I think it's crucial to do that. Okay. So we're, we're, we're going to run out of time. So I have one more question for you and then we'll get to our little rapid fire, uh. A little bit of a of a, a tangential move here, but a, a topic that is near and dear to my heart. And you have done a great job promoting quality equality for women in the workplace, and more recently specifically equal pay for women, um, which I have written about myself. And I think we're all on the pa- same page and trying to make some big changes here in our lifetime. So congratulations on what you've done, being a a spokesperson for the topic. What do you see as the next hurdle for us to try to tackle in 2018 for women on this broad but important topic?
1: I think all the ones we still have, you know, I, I, I don't think we've made as much progress as we would all like to think, unfortunately, so I think we have to continue to wave those banners. But my eye looks toward, looks really towards young people now and, and, and how we shift the way girls are ed- educated. I was just told not to do math and not to try. Like, I, I was just sort of not by my parents, just by everything, you know. It wasn't specific. It was just the whole world was telling me to, like, take history in English. And I loved those, sort of. I liked history. I, I hated everything else. But – um You know, it was a strange. Everything was sort of saying that. So, how do we shift that? Like, how do we look to organizations like Girls Who Code, and you know, the educational system, and how we engage in primary and secondary education as professionals and as companies to sort of shift how girls and boys and everyone are programmed about what they can and can't do? You know, I, I, I just think that's so so critical right now, especially given just sort of the. Temperature in the air. I, I think that the more we as professional men and women, I believe the men need to be as active in this as the women, the more we stand up and sort of advocate that girls and boys can do whatever they want. Boys can be fathers too. My husband is a father. Yeah, you know? That's his job, And he's awesome at it. And that's cool. And he should feel really empowered and good about that. Like, There's all types of ways to do this. And I just think the more we expose that and the more we talk about that, the more it becomes normal, the easier it is for there to be more women around, so that it equalizes more. Things get equal when they're equal.
0: I agree. Talk about
1: them until they get there, and then you shut up. But we're still talking about it because we're not there, so we gotta.
0: Totally, totally agree. I feel the same way. I think of my my daughters, and I know you have kids too. But my daughters and volunteering in their class and you do math stations and I mean she's in third grade I sit in those math stations there you could not say oh boys across the board are better at math than girls I mean the 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 child in her class who is head and shoulders more advanced in math than anyone in the class is a girl and it's cuz nobody ever told them that they that they shouldn't that you know they're more suited for English and reading than math. Nobody ever told them that, and I hope that nobody ever does. So I I do agree it's different than when I was in third grade, which is too I can't even remember that.
1: Far back. Um, but uh,
0: but I I do feel the change with my own kids. I I agree we have a long way to go, but I'm right, and I'm raising two little white boys, so yeah. I I think about that. Yep. <laughs> yep. I am with you. All right, well, before we run out of time, we have our fun little rapid fire quick questions. I would like you to try to give me a one word answer. This flies in the face of our discussion about talking and listening. We're now going for one word. So here's the first question. When you want to consume new information, what's your go-to mode? Do you read, listen, or watch like a video? Read. Okay. When it comes to communication, do people remember the slogan or tagline, the main headline or purpose, or the top supporting points? Headline. Okay. We've talked, I think we all know that there's bots and AI are kind of taking over. When do you think we'll see robots in our everyday lives? And I, you know, we already have Roomba and things like that, but, but, in a meaningful way in our everyday lives is it in the next 3 years within 5 years or beyond 5 years
1: probably within the next 5 years it depends on who you're speaking for like i don't think the general populace will have it in the next 5 years but we will probably yeah,
0: yeah i agree i mean i think about the rest like of the world, in,
1: probably more like 10 years
0: yeah i hear you i mean i think about things like the the in-home devices alexa and google home and it's like 2 years ago those didn't exist well maybe I'm dating myself maybe it's a little more but like suddenly in the last 12 months now it's just a common thing that everybody has i mean my mother in law has one you know it's it's amazing how technology can just take hold and spread far and wide so it'll be interesting yeah. to see what happens with it, and and hopefully it will be a positive thing for communication, and and not a negative replacement for communication. Absolutely,
1: absolutely.
0: Well, thank you, Layla. I appreciate the time. It was great to catch up with you. Um, always love hearing your thoughts and and where you are in your career. So I applaud you and keep up the great work. Right back at you, Stacy. Keep going, CEO. I'm
1: super proud of you too. Thanks for having thank me. You. Yeah, take care. Bye, Stacy. Bye. Thank you.